take your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, the 26th chapter. We're continuing in our message series on Lead Me to the Cross. Uh, as we've been following Jesus' final days in Jerusalem before going to the cross. This past Palm Sunday, we flashed back to Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and uh, we took a second look at that event from the vantage point of the cross. And tonight, we're also going to step back from the cross and, in our series, and, and we're going to come back and look at these three occurrences that took place on Monday, Thursday. We jumped over each of these passages when we were working our way through Matthew 26 so that we could come together and look at them together tonight. One of Matthew's major themes in his gospel is the fulfillment of prophecy. And in each of the occurrences we will look at tonight, we find examples of actions that were prophesied in advance and then fulfilled on Monday, Thursday. Please join me in prayer. Dear Lord, as we uh, take some time now to look into your word, uh, to examine these scriptures. Lord, help us to remember you in a special way through your word tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Savior, I come Quiet my soul Remember Redemption's here Blood was spilled for my ransom. Everything I once held dear, I counted all as lost. Lead me to the cross where your love poured out. Bring me to my we want to look at tonight is Judas's betrayal of Jesus. We see this in verses 14 through 16 in Matthew 26. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, what are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 silver coins. And from then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. We already looked at Judas's remorse following his betrayal of Christ, but we've yet to look at the betrayal itself. And I want you to notice a number of things from these verses. First of all, notice how Matthew stresses that Judas was one of the twelve. We need to remember that Judas was one of the twelve original disciples, specifically chosen by Jesus to be with him, to learn from him, and to share the good news of the kingdom with others. Judas had a front row seat to Jesus' life, to his miracles, his teachings. He had the inside scoop on the parables and many other events in Jesus' life. Judas received power along with the other disciples to heal the sick and to cast out demons. 
Judas was blessed with special privileges as one of the original 12, which only makes his betrayal that much worse. Notice when the betrayal takes place. It takes place right after Mary has anointed Jesus with the expensive perfume at Bethany. All the disciples objected to this waste of the perfume, what they thought was a waste, but we know from the other scriptures that Judas was especially upset because he was the keeper of the money bag and he used to just help himself to those funds whenever he wanted. So it takes place after Mary anoints him. It takes place right before Jesus' last supper with his disciples where Jesus will wash each of his disciples' feet, including Judas's feet, he will share the bread with them and tell his disciples that one of them will betray him. Notice also that the chief priests don't go to Judas. Judas goes to them. This is his idea. Judas, go, Judas goes to them of his own accord. He says, what will you give me if I hand him over to you? They count out for him 30 silver coins, exactly as prophesied in the Old Testament book of Zechariah. Now Judas is watching for the right opportunity to betray Jesus. It will come soon enough when Jesus and his disciples make their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. This is our first example of a scripture fulfilled on Monday, Thursday evening. We've already seen how the 30 silver coins were prophesied by Zechariah, but we also find prophecies about Judas' betrayal in other places in the Old Testament, particularly in the Psalms. Psalm 41.9 foretold the sharing of the bread at the table. Uh, David writes, Even my close friend whom I trusted, he who shared my bread has lifted up his heel against me. Psalm 55 identifies the betrayer as a close friend. Once again, David writes, If an enemy were insulting me, I could endure that. If a foe were raising himself against me, I could hide from him. But it's you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship as we walked with the throng at the house of God. The book of Acts tells us that David was a prophet and that he spoke about Christ in the Psalms that he wrote. So this is the first scripture we find fulfilled on Monday, Thursday night. Judas' betrayal of Jesus. The next scripture fulfilled is that of Peter and the disciples' failure. In these verses, first Jesus addresses the disciples, telling them, hey, you're all going to fall away. Look at verses 31 and 32. Then Jesus told them, this very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Jesus and the disciples left the comfort of the upper room. They made their way to the Mount of Olives where Jesus issued them a very sharp warning. He said, this very night you will all fall away. Jesus is warning them that the event was imminent, that it would happen in just a few hours' time. That's a short time frame, but Jesus gives them fair warning, doesn't he? 
They have adequate time to prepare themselves to stand firm. But true to Jesus' warning, they do not. Jesus tells them, you will all fall away. Earlier in the evening when they shared the communion cup together, Jesus said to them, drink from it, all of you. Now he tells them that they will all fall away. This is significant. We've just shared communion together as disciples did that first Monday, Thursday night. And the reason Jesus told all the disciples to drink from the cup is because he knew that all the disciples would fall away. And the lesson for us is that we do not take communion because we are worthy, but because we have sinned. We all drink the cup because we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Jesus says, you will all fall away on account of me. It was not on account of Judas. It was not on account of the religious leaders. It was not on account of the soldiers they would fall away. It was on account of Christ. Jesus himself would be the cause of their falling. And then Jesus quotes a prophecy from the Old Testament book of Zechariah once again. He quotes from Zechariah 13, 7, which says, Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Jesus has already told them, I'm the good shepherd. Jesus is the leader of the flock. But when the religious leaders strike him, he will not defend himself. And then the whole flock will scatter. Notice Jesus also tells the disciples, but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. And so Jesus not only predicted his death, but he also predicted his resurrection. And so we have this glimmer of hope on the way from the upper room to the garden. Yes, Jesus will die, but he will also rise again. And there is also a word of grace here because Jesus tells the disciples, yes, you will scatter. Yes, you will all fall away, but I will not abandon you. I will still lead you because I will go ahead of you into Galilee. So Jesus addresses all the disciples and next he addresses Peter. Verses 33 to 35. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Peter told Jesus, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Brave, foolish words of Peter. There are three mistakes Peter makes here with his words. First, there's Peter's condescension towards the other disciples. Jesus said, all of you. Peter says, All the others. Even if all the others fall away in account of you, I never will. It's 
condescension towards the other disciples. Next, there's Peter's confidence in himself. Peter is confident that of all the disciples, he alone will not fall away. Peter should have been praying, not protesting. And then thirdly, there's Peter's contradiction of Jesus' words. Jesus just told him he would fall away. Peter says, no, I won't. Peter would have done much better simply to accept Jesus' words and perhaps ask for forgiveness in advance. Next, Jesus ups the ante with Peter, and he predicts Peter's three denials. The Bible tells us pride comes before a fall. Peter protested the most, and Peter fell the hardest. The other disciples fled, but only Peter denied his Lord. Peter said, I will never fall away in account of you. Jesus said, before dawn, Peter, you will disown me three times. And then Peter continues to contradict Jesus' words. That's what he says, even if I have to die with you, I will not disown you. We read in 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 10, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and we make him out to be a liar. Peter was deceiving himself. And he was making Jesus out to be a liar. And so we have another example of Scripture fulfilled on Monday, Thursday evening. The Scriptures foretold that the disciples would all fall away, strike the shepherd, and the sheep will scatter. Jesus foretold that Peter would deny him three times, and of course Peter did. Scriptures, prophecies, fulfilled. And then finally, we come to Jesus' arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane. And this is where all of the scriptures we've already looked at come together. First, we come to Judas' actual betrayal of Jesus. We see this in verses 47 through 50. While Jesus was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, Matthew emphasizes that again, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Friend, do what you came for. Then the men stepped forward seized Jesus and arrested him. And so Jesus is not only abandoned by the disciples, he is also betrayed by a friend. He's not only betrayed by a friend, he's betrayed with a kiss, that which should only be a sign of affection and loyalty. The singer Michael Card has a song that captures the the whole incongruity of Jesus being betrayed by a friend. And the words go like this. Why did it have to be a friend who chose to betray the Lord? And why did he use a kiss to do it? That's not what a kiss is for. And then he answers those questions. Only a friend 
can betray a friend. A stranger has nothing to gain. And only a friend gets close enough to ever cause so much pain. Judas came up to Jesus in front of everyone, greeted him, hello, rabbi, and then identified him to the soldiers with a kiss. Jesus told him, friend, do what you came for. And then we come to the scattering of the disciples, verses 51 to 54. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father? And he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? The disciples seek to defend Jesus and he rebukes them. Why? Because Jesus was well able to defend himself, but he chose not to. And why not? Because how else will the scriptures be fulfilled? Remember, Jesus earlier told the disciples, you will all fall away on account of me. And that is exactly what happens here. When Jesus refused to defend himself, that was an offense to the disciples. And then the actual scattering takes place. Look at verses 55 and 56. At that time, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion? That that you've come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. The crowd has come out to arrest him under the cover of darkness And Jesus calls them on it. He says, you've had plenty of opportunity all week, but now they come out at night when darkness reigns. And notice how Jesus points to the Scriptures again and again. He says, this is taking place. Why? That the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. And then just as Jesus told his disciples earlier that evening, they all desert him, they all fled, strike the shepherd, The sheep will scatter. Jesus was arrested. And all the disciples, his closest friends, abandoned him. Everything Jesus did, he did in obedience to the Father and in fulfillment of Scripture. Jesus is the Lamb of God who was slain from the foundation of the world. And when Jesus said, Father, lead me to the cross, he meant every word. The disciples told Jesus that they would follow him all the way to the cross, but instead they all 
fell away. It would be easy for us to condemn the disciples, but we are really no better. There's a reason why we repeat communion. Communion is not a one-time fix, for we require continual confession and forgiveness of sin. Once again, as we read in 1 John, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and we make him out to be a liar. But, 1 John also says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Jesus went willingly to the cross for you and for me. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the events of Monday, Thursday evening. They were horrific events, events that should never have taken place except that you chose for them to take place so that you could complete your final journey to the cross, so you could complete the work that the Father sent you to do, so that you could go all the way to the cross to be our Savior. Tonight we give you our thanks. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.